It's a mock draft Monday, our final mock draft Monday. So what are we going to do? We're actually going to have a mock draft. Jonathan Osborne of the Six Man Show joins us on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is June 19th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it is our final mock draft Monday. Happy draft week. We're going to do an actual mock draft with our friend Jonathan Osborne of the Sixth Man Show. We'll bring him in here in just a moment. We're going to actually go through a mock draft. We'll talk about players from a magic perspective. Don't worry, it's not just going to be like one of those boring mock drafts that everyone else is doing. Today's episode, but before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So let's get to it. It is draft week, and I'm happy to bring in our friend Jonathan Osborne from the Six Man Show. Jonathan, are you ready? We are. In a, we're officially in draft week. NBA offseason happenings have happened. Are, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, Phil. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. I'm not quite as nervous as I was last year for a, a number of reasons. We don't have the number one overall pick. Although I'm guessing San Antonio isn't really all that nervous right now. They know <laughs> no. who they're going to take. No. But uh, we're in a much better position than we were this time last year. So I'm just excited kind of to, to get it over with, I think, more than anything. Trusting that the front office is, is going to make the correct pick. I've got a couple of guys that I would love to be the the picks if the Magic use 6 and 11. But yeah, man, are you ready? I, I'm more ready than I was than when we did the Locked On mock draft. I'll, I, will say, I will say that much. Um, but uh, Listen, you yeah. caught some flack for that. I have to admit, I do not hate the, the trade for Isaiah Hardenstein. If the goal is to not have two more rookies on an already incredibly young team, Isaiah Hartenstein is is legitimately one of the best backup centers in the league. So if that was your goal, I I, I don't totally understand a lot of the flack that you caught for it. I mean, I would say this. Um, my like, I, I did my big explainer back on Friday. Go back and listen to that. I went 20 minutes explaining it, uh, just trying to defend myself. And look... I don't think I got the most out of the 11th, 11th pick in the draft, but I also will defend myself and say that at that point, I wasn't as high or as keen as, as several players in this draft. Um, I took I, I essentially like where I was at was I, I essentially came into that thinking if a star Thompson's there at six, I'll take him. I want, I wanted a star Thompson, but if he's not, then, you know, I didn't know what to do really with six. Um, because I I wasn't a big Cam Whitmore guy. We'll get we'll get into all these, we'll get into all these discussions and debates here in a minute. Um, and at that time, all the mock drafts that I had seen didn't have Grady Dick being available at 11. And so it essentially like 
y'all have heard me say this a million times on this podcast over the last several months. If I'm not, my goal on draft night is to get a shooter. I, I need a shooter. I don't care if it's by trade. Don't care if it's a draft pick. I needed a shooter. And so I, I think what shocked everyone in the mock draft room wasn't necessarily my trade so much as I took Grady Dick at six, that I reached for Grady Dick at six. And my draft philosophy is if, you know, that's your guy and that's the need that you want to fill, it doesn't matter where you pick him. Like I, like people are like, you, you, you heard those guys kind of laugh at you and be shocked at where you took him. And I'm just like, I don't care what they say. I like, I like, again, what we, I think, and, and, and I want to ask you what your goals are for, for draft night here in a minute, but I think at the end of the day, what we want is for the team to be better Friday night, Friday morning than they were Thursday night um, to feel like this team added pieces to the puzzle. That's going to make them better. And, and look, I, I will admit that a, I'm bad at trades. I will, I will freely admit that that is not my, that is not my expertise. Um, as much as some people said, well, that's your job. I'm just like, yeah, kind of, but like, I don't, I don't, I'm not good at making up trades. That's, that's, I, I hate doing that. Um, I didn't value the 11th pick as much as I should. And, and I, as I told everyone, I'd act very differently today, uh, than when I did back then. But I, I still was like, at the end of the day though, like, I think my team got better coming out of that day and I didn't cost me, I didn't cost myself very much. Maybe got caught the 11th pick as an opportunity cost I lost, but I, I, I didn't. I don't feel like I spent a ton. I, I didn't like trade Wendell Carter for DeAndre Ayton. I joked with someone today that they're scared. You know, there's someone on the Magic subreddit Discord page was like, I'm going to be scared uh, about DeAndre Ayton until he's wearing a jersey that's not pinstripes. And I'm just like, look, I'm bad at trades. I know not to trade for DeAndre Ayton. Um, but let's 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 kind of get into the process here before we start making picks. And we'll I'll ask I'll, I'll give you the honors if you want six. You, you get to pick between six or eleven. Um, what are your goals for the magic on draft night? What, what should the magic be focused on? What is success for the magic on draft night this year? Absolutely. Shooting is, is, is definitely a must, um, at six. I don't know if you should be laser focused on it there, but if at not six, if you're going to use both of the picks, then it has to be at 11. If you're not going to use one of the picks and you don't draft a shooter, you need to trade for shooting. Maybe not necessarily on draft night but in the immediate future you know in the next you know, two weeks here we should have either traded or or signed a shooter in free agency if you don't select one on draft night outside of that I, i'm right especially at six i'm really in the vein of let's see who's there and then let's kind of make our decision there are a couple of guys that i would be good with selecting at six and i still feel like there are a few different directions that the magic could go justifiably so and I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I kind of understand that. I may not love the pick. It may not be the guy that I necessarily wanted. But, I mean, I wanted Dante Exum in, in 2014. So what do I know? We all did. So, <laughs> exactly. So, really, the goal should be to, to get better on draft night. That's kind of stating the obvious. But if not draft night, like in the immediate, immediate future, you need to acquire some shooting. And, and, I, and I think that's like – one of the interesting parts about the way this draft is going to interplay with free agency. Um, you know, the magic have somewhere between 20 and $25 million to spend this off season. If they want, um, there are quite a few shooters on the market. And so it, it does like I've come and kind of come around to this. And again, it's a way that I've evolved in my draft analysis and what I think the magic's draft needs are. It does kind of feel like, like 
if this is the magic preparing to be in the playoffs next year, like let's, let's say, you know, internally, you know, outside of the players, the goal is we're going to be in the playoffs next year. That means the magic are drafting 15, 16, 17, hopefully into the twenties. Who knows? Um, that, that kind of makes it feel like this is one more bite at the apple. This is like a last bite at the apple to bring in a super talented player. Um, do you, First, first, do you feel like that's the process the Magic should be taking with this pick to be like, hey, let's take a one last big swing. You know, we got eleven to cover us. You know, if we to to, to fill a need that's going to actually help our roster, but let's take one last big swing on a guy and see if that pushes us where we want to go. That's kind of where I am. There's a couple of guys that I'm kind of considering at six that you may not love the fit right away, but you just kind of have to figure it out. You know, I, I will talk about it more as we go through this process, but there's probably about three guys there that I think you have to really consider taking at six, regardless of how you think they're going to fit on the roster immediately. Uh, just because, uh, again, it is another opportunity to add a, an uber-talented guy, whether that be a, a guard, a, a wing, a big, whatever the case may be. Six, with the, the talent that is at the top of this draft, feels a little bit too early just to pick purely for fit. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I have come to agree with that. I don't think I agreed with that back a few weeks ago, but I've come to agree with that. We're going to actually do a mock draft here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take turns making picks. We'll discuss some of these prospects and whether the Magic can get them. Uh, get them. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. You know you're already doing it, so why not? Get cash back for it with Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was more than $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. So you could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. You've heard me talk a little bit about it. The Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special is here, and it is bigger than ever, which is probably why we had to do it earlier than usual before I was probably as prepared as I needed to be for it. But follow along the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. I believe Pick 6 is on our feed. It's the episode before this one, or it's two episodes before this one. My explainer is the episode after it, and our mock draft here with Jonathan Osborne 
is right now. Uh, Jonathan, um, do you want the honors of having six or 11? I'll take six. Jonathan is taking six. So the idea of this show, um, or what I hope I'm hoping to get out of this show is we're going to go through a mock draft and, and we'll talk about the prospects and obviously what we think each team's going to do. But at certain points, I definitely want to kind of sidestep and say, okay, like what it like when we get to three, maybe even two, um, we'll talk a little bit about whether the magic would trade up for, for some prospects or, or, or where we think some of the pressure points in this mock draft are, we'll kind of let it, let it go as it may. Um, seeing as you've elected to take the sixth pick, with the first pick in, the, in our mock draft, I am taking Victor Wembenyama for the San Antonio Spurs. Any objections? I'm I'm shocked. What a reach. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um, as I joked on the lockdown mock several times, uh, I'm writing them down. So if I look down, look down. That, that's, 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 that, no one can see that because my camera's too bright. Um, but uh, as I joked on the lockdown mock several times, like, look, when the NBA needs, the NBA can't exist without San Antonio being good. Like I think, I think the universe will collapse on itself if the Spurs are out, out of the lottery for too long or are in the lottery for too long. So luckily uh, the multiverse is saved. Victor Wembenyama will be a San Antonio Spur. Second pick, probably our first pressure point. Uh, I'm curious, who do you have with, who do you have Charlotte taking with number two? So it, to me, it's gotta be Scoot Henderson. I know there's been all this talk, you know, in recent weeks of, about Brandon Miller, you know, Charlotte being really interested in Brandon Miller. Part of me thinks that there may be some some smoke screenery going on. Uh, I, I just, when I look at Scoot Henderson, I look at Brandon Miller, I look at the film. I just don't think they're really all that close in, in terms of just raw, pure talent. When you add your Scoot's athleticism and the frame, yes, the shot is a question, but you know, I think he's shown enough flashes from the mid-range and, and the ability to knock down shots there that you could talk yourself into him at least becoming a, a respectable three-point shooter that I just that high in the draft for me talent should always win out I think we kind of learned this lesson last year where we heard Jabari Smith Jr. for weeks and weeks and weeks and when you you look back at it at least for me Phil I, I don't know if you feel the same way but I feel like I was kind of blinded by all of the the media talk surround Jabari Smith Jr. to where, well, if everyone's saying this, well, then of course it must be true. Instead of just kind of sitting back and, and watching the film and, and kind of trusting my gut, maybe that's a revisionist history and maybe a little bit of a, a cop-out. But I, I kind of feel, I feel like Brandon Miller is going to be better right away than Jabari Smith Jr. was last year. I don't feel like it's quite the same scenario. But when I look at Brandon Miller, I look at Scoot. I just I just think Scoot is, is more talented and uh, would be the pick for me at two. I think for me, and look, like I get things wrong all the time. And I tell people, like people try to freeze and cold take me. I'm just like, I'm happy to be wrong because I learned something from being wrong. And I think last year having, you know, like my instinct with the number one pick last year was to take Paolo Bancaro. Like I was like Paolo, like before the lottery, I was like Paolo, 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 Paolo. Immediately after the lottery, I think I went on the Locked On Lottery show and said, Magic are getting Paolo Bancaro. This is great. But as we had that month between the lottery and the, and the draft, you started to just see everyone trying like poke holes in, in, in everyone's game. Uh, and, and, and for me, that hole with Paolo was like, well, if he's not a 20 point per game score, what's he going to give you? Like, and, and, and look, 
no one could imagine he'd be a 20 point per game scorer I'm, out of the box. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. And so, and so, like to me, the lesson of last year's draft was like the simple answer is usually the correct one. Um, don't overthink this stuff. You have a month sitting and like essentially, like, like let's be real. Charlotte at number two is essentially where the magic were last year at number one because Victor Wembenyama is just so obviously the number one pick. Charlotte at number two is, is going through the same debate Orlando went with number one. And, and some of that includes even what they already have on their roster and figuring out what their goals are. Um, Char- you know, like I think Charlotte is, I think Brandon Miller fits Charlotte's current roster better. But also we know that team has a ceiling. That team's ceiling is losing mostly embarrassingly in the play-in tournament. And so to me, you can make Scoot and LaMelo work. Um, they're they're farther away than they probably think, but they're closer than, than we all probably think too. Um, and so to me, Scoot is, Scoot's the guy that, that elevates the team a little bit more. You know, you can play him with LaMelo. You can play him with LaMelo. You'll always have a great playmaker on the floor if that's how you want to go too. Um, I, I think talent wins. I agree. Talent wins here. And I think you take Scoot Henderson. It's my same feeling with Portland uh, and, and, and Portland at number three, I think, I think they care a little bit more about need and, and, and team fit because they're still trying to save Damian Lillard. And, and, you know, again, I think Portland would love for Brandon Miller to be there at three because Scoot Henderson doesn't work for them. Um, you know, you take Scoot at three, you don't question that, um, if he's there, but if, if they take Scoot, then they got, then that almost like forces them to decide, are we keeping this pick or what can we get to surround Dame? Uh, Cause at the end of the day, like Portland's whole existence is Damian Lillard right now. And, and I think we're all anticipating that that trade is finally going to happen this off season, off season at this point, but the way we have things shaking out, I like, I like them taking Brandon Miller. I think he gives them the kind of wing attacker that they need. They need, he's really good. Like, you know, Maybe the questions about his off season, about his off court stuff, and and that's been that's minimizing the fact that he was at least tangentially involved in a mur- the murder of someone. Um, who knows how teams are evaluating that? But just purely on court, the guy can shoot, the guy can defend, he can play a little bit on the perimeter, he can he can battle a little bit in the post. He's a guy that that really really fits. This has been a pick though that I think. A lot. I did a whole podcast with Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers about it, and I think we were still very much under the assumption that that they take Miller if Scoot was gone. We're in the area. By all accounts, the Magic want to trade up for Amen Tom. You know, by all accounts, like Amen Thompson might be a target for the Magic. Do you see a way? And and Scoot Henderson might even be a target for the Magic. Do you see a way for the Magic to get into this two three range to get one of these elite prospects? I would love to say yes, but it all comes down to what the magic would have to part with. And are you at this kind of juncture, I guess, are you willing to kind of pivot what you've built so far? Are, are you are you willing to kind of turn away from that and, and kind of reimagine your team a little bit? I, I, I listened to that podcast that you did uh, with the with the gentleman from from Lockdown Blazers and I remember there being some kind of like Yusuf Nurkic for Wendell Carter swap that you didn't seem to be a big fan of. I don't think I would be a big fan of. Is that a move that you're you're willing to make? And then you're sort of changing the makeup for your team. You know, I think Yusuf Nurkic is a is a good player. 
Um, but I, I don't think he's the the level of player that Wendell is. And, uh, you know, especially offensively, you know, they, they bring very different things. So I would just, re- and we talked about this on, on our most recent episode, at some point, the Magic are going to have to make difficult decisions that our fans are not going to love at first that you know, are going to be, you know, for the fan base, emotional decisions. But I just think back to the trade deadline in, in 2021. Nobody really wanted to trade Nikola Vucevic. And at the time, it was like, whoa, what are we doing here? And looking back, we would all do that trade 100 times out of 100 times. So I guess I really don't have a great answer for this. At some point, the Magic are going to have to make a decision that's going to break the fan base's heart, but maybe three, four years down the line, we'll realize was the right move. And maybe a trade-up like this would be a move like that, where you have to give up a guy like Markel Fultz or Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs to make it work and make it make sense, especially for a guy like Scoot. But I I would be pretty surprised if at this point we ended up trading for one of those guys. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, I, I think Scoot is great. But, you know, again, depending on how much they anticipate they're going to have to pay for Markel Fultz, how different is Scoot from what we think Markel Fultz is going to be? Um, at the end of the day, like, you're right. The, the next time the Magic make a trade is going to be a trade like the Chicago-Orlando deal for Vooch, except Orlando is going to be in Chicago's shoes. They're going to be the ones trying to get that last piece to get into the playoffs. And, you know, obviously that didn't work out for the bulls. So it is a, it, it's a, it's a moment where you do have to, when you start expending some of those assets that you do have to be a little bit careful. I get the feeling that, you know, we know how kind of quiet Jeff Weltman can be. Um, I get the feeling and just looking at this roster, I get the feeling the magic want to give guys like Wendell Carter, like Markel Fultz, sort of their chance to prove themselves. And, you know, I, I know I've sat here and maybe ruffled a few feathers by asking like, do we really know if Markel Fultz is the point guard of the future? Um, you know, they have a contract decision to make for him potentially this summer, absolutely next summer. Um, is Are we sure that Wendell Carter is the center of the future? Um, you know, I do get some people saying like, hey, you know, because uh, I've, I've been banging the drum about the backup center issue for this team. And they'll be like, what we need to do is actually upgrade our, our starting center. And, you know, because Wendell Carter plays 65 games a year, if that. Um, and to some extent, I'm like, Yes, those are actually all fair questions, but all these guys have kind of earned the opportunity to answer them, to, to give us some definitive answer, to tell us like, yes, you know, we, we get to a playoff series and Wendell Carter's, you know, Wendell Carter proves himself to be a playoff ready center. Okay, glad we didn't trade him. Now, now we're pretty set there. Um, or they attack him, they get to the basket a lot more, they start scoring at the rim a little bit more and we're like, we're going to need a center that can play a bit a bit more above the rim. Not that Wendell Carter's a poor defender, but he's not, you know, a dynamic defensive playmaker, um, perhaps. Um, I think this team, I think a lot of these young guys have earned the opportunity to prove it. And so I think kind of all in trades, whether, you know, that's for Damian Lillard, which definitely isn't going to happen, or, you know, whether I've seen some people start pitching Zach Levine trades or, you know, trading up in, up to two or three in this draft. And, and look, I, I'm a big believer. If it's your guy, go get him. Um, you know, we're, we, the Magic are still a non-playoff team. They shouldn't be so married to to anyone that they that they don't you know see talent and say like that's our guy. Let's I'm willing to stake some 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 chips on that. Um, but I just get the feeling the Magic really like the group they have. 
believe that, you know, Sands that weird five and 20 start where they didn't have point guard for good, didn't have any point guards for a good chunk of it, that they were a playoff team last year. They were a postseason team last year. And that with internal growth and development and adding, you know, the right draft picks and the right veterans and free agency that they can get themselves over that hump. We'll continue our mock draft here uh, coming up in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. There's no complicated salary cap, no complicated scoring. It's just you versus the numbers, and it's all on you to make the right call. The game works just like this. You pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less in their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. Again, no competing against other people, no hoping that you rank high enough to get your money back. It's just you versus projections. And prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, MLB, PGA, college football when that comes around, WNBA, NASCAR, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in more than 30 states and Canada, as well as here in Florida, which feels like another country sometimes. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Let's bring Jonathan back in here now. We are at the fourth pick, so we'll try and pick up the pace a little bit here, but not not too much because I want I, I like detail. Um, who are you taking uh, with the fourth pick as the Houston Rockets? So at the top of the draft, I know everybody is really talking about this being Vic at the top and then Scoot and Brandon Miller are kind of in the same tier. I know we've talked to the fact that I just see a, a, talent, dif- a talent difference between Scoot and Brandon Miller. So I think there's kind of like four separate tiers right at the, the, the top of this draft. And in that fourth tier for me by himself is Amen Thompson to the Houston Rockets. Uh just the athleticism, really everything outside of shooting, Amen Thompson gives you that. You know, the quick twitch, the explosiveness, the ability to get to the rim, the playmaking ability, the defensive potential as well. This is a kid who, I mean, if we talk about this guy potentially falling to six and, and if he's there, I, I would think the Magic would have to, to take another bite at the apple, so to speak. I know we've said this a million times with guys before, but if this guy can figure out the jumper, He's going to be really, really good for a long time. And for a team like Houston, who although they have a guy, Jalen Green, they have Kevin Porter Jr., when you're talking about a team that really has struggled in recent years, perennial lottery team, I don't think they can afford to, to look at their fit and how a men fits there. They just have to draft the best player available, which I think is a men Thompson at four. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I really like a men, you know, again, just – that Houston team needs someone that's going to distribute the ball. Like playing Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard, the guy is not a passer. Um, you know, I I will I may audibly laugh in the media room if Houston ends up taking Cam Whitmore, as I'm seeing in some of these mock drafts, because Cam Whitmore averaged less than one assist per game. We'll get to my thoughts on him right now, actually, because at the fifth pick, uh, I'm going to have the Detroit Pistons take Cam Whitmore, so I can make your life a little bit easier, Jonathan. Um, I. I Hey, Detroit, Detroit doesn't need another uh, 
doesn't need another big. I've seen some mocks take it, have them taking Jairus Walker. They're pretty loaded on centers. And, and while I think Jairus Walker would help them, you know, they, they need guys who can score. They got a distributor in, in Cade Cunningham and, and everyone kind of forgets him because he played only, I think what, 12 games this year. They've got another good guard in Jane Nivey. They need someone who's going to hit some spot up shots and perhaps can create a little bit on his own. Um, they lost Sadiq Bay, uh, another Villanova guy. Cam Whitmore is a better kind of on-ball scorer. Sadiq Bay is a better shooter, but he's a better kind of on-ball scorer and attacker, but they're built very similarly. I, I think Whitmore really fits into what they're doing um, and gives them another score, another scoring option for a team that was worse offensively than the Magic. I have a lot of questions about Cam Whitmore. I am I don't want to say I'm out on him for the Magic um, because I, I see why everyone likes him. But there, there are there are a lot of red flags for me on him, uh, from the free throw percentage to the low assist rate. Um, you know, our friend Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft was on here and said, like, even like the body language of teammates around him wasn't particularly good. Um, for a guy who's a scorer, averaging only twelve points per game, I know he had the wrist injury. Like, a little bit of red flags for me, but I see why people like him. He's got that good. Good. He's got a good step back game. He can shoot threes off the dribble a little bit. Like there's there's a lot to like with him. I don't know if he's the right fit for the Magic. I'm curious what your thoughts are on on Cam. Yeah, I really like Cam. Uh, you know, I I do understand some of the concerns there. I think in terms of a, a playmaker, you know, and, and really moving the ball, I don't know if that's what you would be asking of him. He, he'd be kind of like a tertiary playmaker in a lineup with Franz and Paolo. Uh, when, when it, you and I have had the conversation a few times in the past of when it comes to playoff basketball, it seems like every team that doesn't end up making it as deep as they thought they were going to, they're missing another forward or another wing who can go and get their own shot. When the game slows down in the half court and the playoffs, having a guy that can create his own shot off the bounce can, can really be a, a pretty big advantage. At six, uh, or sorry, at, at, if he was there at six, I should say that would be another one of those bites at the apple for me, where it's a guy yeah. that you're just betting on the talent, you know, that it, it, it's going to pay off. But uh, he's no longer going to be there at six for me. Well, let me let me let me let me pause you there. Then, like, let's say I want to run this scenario. Then, um, before you make your pick at six, um, if I'm going to make it complicated for you, let's say I take Jarris Walker at five for Detroit. Who do you take at six if you're Orlando? I probably take Cam Whitmore. I okay. was kind of betting on that talent and and taking another home run swing, knowing I still have the eleventh pick that I could, you know, take a little bit of a, a safer bet with. Uh, but but yeah, like the the defensive versatility from Cam Whitmore, the ability to you know take and make shots off the dribble. I, I get the concerns. I I think perhaps maybe there some of them are a bit overblown. Like last year, what do we hear about Paolo Bancaro? He wasn't going to be able to defend, and we figured out pretty quickly that that wasn't going to be the case. I think Jamal Mosley and the culture that they've made in the locker room and amongst the training staff, certain things I I do believe can be coached out of a guy like the the body language stuff, um, some of the the ball-stopping tendencies that he may have. I, maybe it's not incredibly likely, but with this coaching staff, and maybe I'm just putting too much belief in this coaching staff, I do think some of that you can be coached up on. And and I and honestly, like I think this is the part of the equation that we don't have any clue on as outsiders. Like 
we can watch all the game tape. We can watch like the box and one scouting reports that show the good clips and the bad clips. You know, we can watch all that stuff. We can look at the combine measurements. The one piece of the puzzle that is not public are those interviews, the job, inter- the job interviews. And that that's like, anytime a player comes for a workout, it's, it's, I don't really care how they perform in the workout because the workout's actually about, can you accept coaching? Like the coaches will say, Hey, this is a drill we're running. Can you get that drill quickly? And then it's about interviewing with the team and the team trying to figure out who you are as a person. And, and one thing I think we can all agree about this magic team. And like if the magic take him Whitmore at six, he's not my guy, but I'm not going to be upset because I know this front office does its homework. This isn't, this isn't like, I know everyone loves Otis Smith uh, built the 2009 teams. Otis Smith was notorious for not caring about the draft, for not being super involved with draft prep, not really preparing himself. That's how you draft Fran Vasquez um, and not know if he's actually going to come over. There's a reason why he dropped like a rock to 11. Um, That's the reason why you draft a Daniel Orton coming off an ACL injury when you, you know, you always need to be able to supplement your roster. Um, That's how you make drafting mistakes is when you don't do your homework on the background of these kids. And I think Jeff, John and their draft and their draft group, um, you know, previously led by Matt Lloyd. It's been two years since Matt was there, but Jeff, John and, and their draft group do a really, really good job with this. Um, so back to our mock draft then. I've taken Whitmore off the board for you. Who are you taking at six? To me, this is a, a, a toss-up between really two or three guys, but I would have to go Jarris Walker. Uh, just the, really? the, the defensive versatility that he has. Um, the, the playmaking potential that he's shown, the potential that he's shown to do a little bit more off the dribble, still developing as a three-point shooter. I, I just feel like those are a lot of things that this front office values, the decision-making, obviously the defensive ability and, and versatility that he has there, and just also the, the playmaking and the vision that he plays with at a guy his size. That's not really something that you can teach. There, there are a lot of things that we talk about, oh, well, a guy might be able to develop this in the NBA vision and and natural playmaking, I don't think is one of those things. And if you're talking about a a guy who, you know, may be able to start, although he's, you know, I believe he's six, eight, six, nine, a little bit undersized to play the five. uh, But just the, the physicality that he has on defense, if you do need a guy, you know, to, to start, you know, 15 or, or 20 games in Wendell's place, I could see Jarris being that kind of guy moving forward although it would be a little bit smaller of a lineup. Um, I, I'd like to see what he would offer there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like Jairus Walker for all the reasons you said, um, you know, I, when I watched his tape this weekend, I really saw a guy who, and, and I saw a lot of things that, that I knew about him before that he is a great connector. He screens well. He does all the dirty things that don't show up in a box score. He passes well. He makes smart decisions. He doesn't force anything. He's a guy that's going to make whatever team he's on better. My concern with the Magic, because we're, we've seemingly put such an emphasis on shooting, um, I, I'm just not a believer that his shot is there. Um, you know, his free throw percentage was low. Um, and and again, I, I know I repeat this every time we talk about this. Free throw percentage is a better indicator of whether you can upgrade to a three-point three point shooting percentage because it just suggests there's nothing wrong with your shot than anything else. And, and you know, like, Whitmore has a relatively low free throw percentage for a guy who's a high volume scorer. Again, wrist injury. Jairus Walker also really low three free throw percentage as well. Um, I my concern with him on the Magic is I feel like yes he will help the team, 
but the magic won't get the most out of him because the floor is just not going to be spaced well enough for him. I think he'll thrive in NBA spacing with all the angles that'll be created, but because the magic don't have a lot of shooting, I think teams will be able to collapse around him. And so I don't think the magic will be able to get a, 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 the most out of him just as much as he won't be able to get the most out of the mat about out of the other magic players, because there's, you know, no one at the dunker spot for him to dump dump down to, or there's no shooters around him to, to give him the space to operate. And so I like Jairus Walker a lot. It, it, he's a very much a magic player. Like what, six, seven and a half with shoes with a seven, two wingspan. Like it took us 35 minutes to say wingspan in this, in this podcast. But, um, but I just, I, I, is he's the one guy in this draft that I just don't feel the fit, if that makes sense. Like, I, I like him overall. I think he's kind of a good, solid NBA career. Just one guy that I think fit just doesn't make sense for this team. And that will be the end of part one. Wow, part one of our Mock Draft Monday with Jonathan Osborne of the Six Man Show. We're going to be back later in the afternoon, around like 12, 1230 maybe, uh, for part two. So definitely stay tuned for that. Trying to give you a little digestible bites uh, of, of this apple. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of the next phase of picks. Go continue our Mock Draft Monday through the lottery. But I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Get your tune in to him on Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on all podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Related on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, um, we'll have part two of Mock Draft Monday coming up in a minute. But if you skip that for some reason, on Tuesday's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about what Jeff Weltman said in his pre-draft availability. Chat a little bit about, chat a little bit about what he said, what he didn't say, what is between the lines. I don't know. We'll get to all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. And if you want my thoughts early on that, I'm going to be posting some thoughts on subtext. So go to joinsubtext.com/slash/lockedonmagic. Subscribe early because press conference is at 10. I'm probably going to post it right after then, so probably around 10:30 a.m. Eastern time. Join subtext.com slash magic. Get a text directly from me with my thoughts on what Jeff Weltman had to say during his introduction, during his pre-draft press conference. I'm also going to be teasing my personal final mock draft on there as well. I'm still working on the post. So, uh, so I apologize for those waiting on it. It's going to come. I'm going to tease it for you before anyone else. You can do that at joinsubtext.com slash magic. But that's going to do it for part one. We'll be back later this afternoon with part two of our Mock Draft Monday. We'll see you all again on our next episode of Locked On Magic.